0: It's the Paul Patterson and Tom Scallon Podcast Show. They're talking the walk, and not
1: about slappy, slappy joes. So, talk and walk, talk, talk walk, talk walk, talk walk, talk walk, talk and walk, walk show. Welcome back to Tongue in the Walk. This is episode 23, Jim Mora. I am Paul Patterson. Playoffs.
0: And I'm Tom Scalm.
1: That's a great start. I like it, we're back. We're back, just the two of us. Just like uh, Will Smith, um, it, is, it is just the two of us again. Original artwork, of course, by Bailey Bishop. I think that's important for us to make sure we remind Everybody who, who came up with the design of uh, Talking the Walk. And then original music by Jake Brown, which little side note, um, Lee Nelson's song is coming. Jake has it, he just hasn't, uh, hasn't recorded it yet, but, but it is coming. So whenever Lee fills in, we've got, uh, we've got a song for him. Social media, Tyler Stanley on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You know, feel free to, to interact with him and uh, try to stay up on things. Fact checker, Jill Martin, and then of course our, our marketing director, is, uh, is Jeff Gravy, and we have two t-shirt orders, but um, still no t-shirt, because football apparently is still going on in Jeff's world, that uh, he hasn't had time to get that taken care of
0: yet. So you were thinking Will Smith, and I was thinking Austin Powers. Same thing, it's the same song. I think it's sung differently when you have whats his space sing it.
1: Mike Jim Myers Gordon. and
0: then Minnie. Mike Me- Myers. Yeah, Tim Cro, whatever his name was, Tim Croyer or something like that.
1: <laughs> well, yes, but <laughs> it's still the same song, and it's tough to go wrong with um, Austin Powers singing it. it. Really is. So, into yeah, baby. into the that was a good attempt. The podcast confessional, as I told you ahead of time, I only have one tonight. Okay, so any of you. Dentites, any of you people in the dental world out there, you can help me with this. But here's where I'm going. I have a dentist appointment tomorrow. And I don't like it. End of the end of the story. But here's, here's the confessional. I have three different kinds of toothpaste that I rotate through. They're all sensitive teeth. They're all sensitive toothpaste. But I have three different toothpaste that i rotate through and i just keep rotating through is that good or bad i don't know the different i don't know i just well, thought that the the uh podcast world would like to know
0: i i'm, I'm not going to say whether it's good or bad i'm going to say why and why not just the same why are you rotating do you get tired of a flavor um yes. or Does it help your sensitive teeth well, see, that's
1: the whole thing is that, that each of the three that I'm using, well, one of them I'm not going to use any longer after I get, it, get rid of it. And of course, I can't stop using it. I can't just not use it, so I have to get rid of it first, and then I, I won't buy it again. Um, but it, it, all three of them basically claim that they well, do something a little bit different for sensitive teeth, and so I, I just I go through and I use different kinds.
0: But none of them probably do any of it. See, and what is, would happen <laughs> next, time, next time I'm over, what would happen if I just went to your bathroom and threw it away? Would you have I'd, to get I'd, a new tube and start over? I'd find it.
1: Like, unless no, you I, took it with you, you stole it. Um, the, the tough part is, is I'm not telling you which one. So, are you going to take all three and then I have no toothpaste?
0: Well, if you don't tell me which one, I guess I'm left to that. <laughs> That's also a terrible idea. Um, <laughs> i think i'd enjoy it so
1: well yes you still enjoy taking even though i don't chew gum right now on a regular basis but you still enjoy taking gum out of my packs just to mess with me so yes i could see you wanting to do that however if anybody is in the dental world that listens to this is that good or bad that i rotate through with uh, three
0: different kinds of toothpaste but if you have sensitive teeth not right now, but there was certainly a time where you like to eat some ice cream. Oh, I still like to eat ice cream. Well, you don't eat much ice cream now, though. I mean, I think there was a time when you would, like, put ice cream on top of pancakes. Yeah, it wouldn't be bad. But, but doesn't that bother your teeth? Yes. But With you're the willing joy, to sacrifice. The yes, and the
1: joy that ice cream brings to me outweighs... You know, to, and and I think I talked about this last time. Even really hot things bother my teeth. You know, if I and, and not that I drink it, but if I were to have a, a really hot cup of cocoa during the winter months, it really is. I mean, that's hard on my teeth also. So it's not just cold sensitive. It is they're sensitive, so it doesn't make any difference. So
0: you're not your hydro flask. Is a sip a sipper, not a straw. How come? Because you would think the straw would bypass the teeth.
1: Um, I don't know the answer to that. Maybe you should try. I I maybe that's the route to go. But even um, even like super sugary things, sometimes candies that are super sugary, not that any candy isn't sugary, but but for whatever reason, if it's sometimes it just hits me wrong and it really sends a jolt through me that it's bothersome. So anyway podcast confessional i have three different types of toothpaste that i use all sensitive and i just rotate them do you have one for the uh, confessional tonight or not
0: um we get whatever cheapest at costco that's a confessional about toothpaste okay fair enough is there something i should confess no i don't know i'm just asking it doesn't have to be toothpaste or teeth related I'm sorry he wasn't on the last podcast because I was tired. (laughs) And we talked about you falling
1: asleep too (laughs) on the one before when gravy was talking, which was also telling you, this is late right now. (laughs) It was pretty funny. Um, so we are, uh, we're onto feedback and you know, the the first person that I heard from was uh, AJ Tabatabai. Um, and, and he just sent that said that he, love listening to the, to the podcast. So I thought that was really good. Um, Pete thought that, uh, um, you know, obviously we should uh, we should have that song for Lee. And then uh, he he's all in on a concussion episode. We just have to tell him when and where we're going to do it. Um, and then meet, which also is known as Jeff Cleaver, uh, sent us that story about the film exchange and his, uh, his days at Carroll College with the girls that were really, really fantastic filmers um, and then put the girl up on the roof. She passed out, but was still trying to film that's, while she was in and out of consciousness. Oh, it was, that was a classic story.
0: Yeah. I think that was my comment. That's one of the greatest stories I've ever heard.
1: And then, the best part was him coming with the, the ending, which was, you know, what a great job. Girls went up and checked on her, you know, got her back, whatever. And she only missed like five or six plays all the while she was, she was uh, filming and, and in and out of consciousness from being dehydrated. And she did such a fantastic job. They were so proud of her and they were so excited about the job that she did. They gave her a t-shirt.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what she got for the year. Yeah. I just, Thanks I for dying. Thanks for almost dying and falling off a roof, yep. dehydrated. Also, what about the part that the other team's filmer uh, didn't even check on her? Yes. Just, let her, just let her pass out on the ground. I don't know what she was doing. Maybe she was tired.
1: I'm telling you, this
0: this young lady needs to find a man in Norwalk and settle down here, and then come be our permanent uh, filmer, toughest oh. filmer ever. Yes, I agree with that
1: um jeff gravy responded and and let me let us know that uh basically bread and breakfast was an excellent choice for a non-sponsor he is he is fond of the memories that he has there and then he at some point in time would like a little history of minor field he said the new stadium is awesome but my field had a different feel to it, and, and he would like to know just a little bit more about that. And I'll have to do a little bit more research to make sure that when I do talk about the history of minor field, that I get it accurate as far as dates and things like that. Because we all know the story. Well, not all, but those that were at spirit breakfast know the story about the lights getting put up by the Packers. So we will have to, uh, will have to do a little research. Well, I'll have to do a little research and figure out if I can find out year of the field and when he started doing it. And remember everybody, he, coach minor had his own D nine bulldozer. That he did the old practice fields. I mean, he did an awful lot of dirt work um, around the schools and on his own time. So we'll talk about that. That
0: that also means that that's the entire podcast, because when you start talking and telling that story, it will take the entire hour.
1: And we have to make sure that we we bounce all over the place and then come back at the end with the the point of whatever it is that we're talking about. So. Cole Hopkins uh, responded and the, the two things that, so he gave me one thing off the record and we're going to keep it off the record because that's what good, good people in the media do. And then he gave me two things and, and I really enjoyed them. Um, the first being, well, I'll actually, I'll go with the second one. He thinks that when I get ready to do podcast confessional, that I need to have Usher confessions um, playing before I hop into the confessional. That was a nice little music thing. And I, I told him, I have got to I gotta be honest with you. If I knew anything whatsoever about adding things or um, bringing in other sort of media or, let's say, um, editing, I would be able to do that. But Golly, I'm not very good at it. So it's going to be tough. Um, I was going to say, who's Usher? You'll have to look him up. Or the next time he's home, which will be Thanksgiving, he can, he can help you with that.
0: Yeah. I'm sure I'll get to see him then.
1: Yes. Thank you. Yes. I'll see him. Um, And then the second one that he said was he absolutely loves it. When Lee reminds me that this world is not
0: all about me. (laughs) He likes that. Um, Yeah. Well, speaking of Cole, he was over here this weekend.
1: Yep. Yep.
0: Hung out, watched Hugh play football, which is, Hugh got trucked by a kid three times his size. And, How did he handle it? Uh, he, he popped back up, kind of rubbed his arm, and um, came over, talked to us. And Hugh said, last play of the game, I got trucked. <laughs> y- yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> well, honest assessment. That's got to be a huge positive. Yeah.
1: Joe Martin, um, she, she had three things, but she could only remember one fact checker so that one was interesting anyway she wanted to let us know that you know how lee was hoping that it was it was somebody's last name or whatever the the background of of how norwalk got its name and jill said she used to have fourth graders write tall tales about um, norwalk and you know like for instance um the tale of normal walker is basically you know a little bit of how you got norwalk named and Lee said that that was way better than Arthur Norwalk. Um, so coming up with those, and I thought that was really good. And then the final one that I got, and of course, remember, this is a short turnaround. So Tom Minard was the last one, and and he just talked about, uh, he was thankful for us talking about how Norwalk got its name and a little bit of that history. Because now, as a as a uh, real estate agent, Tom Minard is going to use some of that when he is uh, showing houses here in Norwalk. He's going to use a little bit of that history. So I thought that was really good. Mm-hmm. Did you hear from anybody? I guess not. Oh, little side note. Mark Parrington has been added to my Snapchat.
0: Oh, yeah. You, you are you Snapchatting him? Uh, fire pit pictures? He did get a fire pit picture. <laughs> Ooh,
1: that's good. He's in the club. He's in the club. So
0: club, cult, whichever.
1: Uh, it can't really be a cult because I don't hear anything. Much. I don't really hear from hardly anybody when I send those st- that stuff out. So. <laughs> I think it's just people, oh yeah, there it is again, and then they just move on. So there's not a whole lot of interacting most of the time on those. And I, so I have several text groups that I, that I send similar pictures out to on, on Saturday night. Um, like for instance, the one that we have, our, our little, uh, our teacher group um, yeah. that's in our group together, our, our Lighthouse group, our small Lighthouse group, I'm not sure what that would be called. Our mini, lighthouse, mini lighthouse group. Anyway, Jake Brown is usually the only one that responds to me on that one. And then I've got a Shrine Bowl group. That's not true. Margot
0: responded last time. Palmer responded last time. Not
1: on Saturday. Not this last Saturday. It was just Jake and I again. It was The, the last two Saturdays, I think, has just been Jake and I. Although Angela Davidson, I think, sent out a – she may have liked an image. I think maybe it was it. Is she on that group? Yeah, she's in our group. Oh, that's terrible. And you just said that over the air publicly. So <laughs> – we, uh, I, have the, I have a Shrine Bowl group and this past weekend, Dean Landsman and I were the only two responding and we had responded to one another via Snapchat before I'd sent out the text. And then he and I, so not only were we, were we conversing back and forth through Snapchat, but then in the group text, we were the only two going back and forth. So it could have just been him and I. So I, I didn't hear from another, I have another group that I send a text to, didn't hear anything from them. So I think maybe it's run its course. I should maybe take a weekend off and see what happens. Not actually from fire pitting, but from sending stuff. Out. Yes. It it don't stop the fire pitting. <laughs> well, that isn't going to happen unless it's bad weather. Um, so we're going to move on to high school sports. And, you know, last week I talked that uh, big games, for, for especially for us here, Winterset and DCG, and, and DCG ended up winning 21-17. Um, also picked Pella Nevada because if Nevada wins, three-way tie um, in that district. And Pella won 35 to seven, and then Harlan Lewis Central we thought also was big, and Harlan beat Lewis Central 28 to 10, and then a little bit of a shock. And I don't care who you are, it's still a little bit of a shock. Spencer beating Sergeant Bluff Luton 27 24. Um, not that nobody thought Spencer was good enough. We just, you know, everybody talks about Sergeant Bluff up there in that in that. Region just didn't expect that um, to happen. So that was it from last week, and, and we'll talk more coming up here in just a, a
0: couple of minutes about uh, playoff stuff. Um, uh, Spencer runs that spin T, right? So that can be difficult. Well, it's,
1: it's the beer.
0: Yeah. True beer or the spinnerback back beer with the. not single wing. spinnerback back. He's not running single wing. No, I, I think it's more veer with the, uh,
1: uh, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Jim is is running. Maybe that's what he's, he's banking it on is, is the
0: old single weight. Oh, well, I didn't, I didn't get to see him play. I did get to see, I watched Winterset, and so I have a night off from football, so what I decided to do was watch football and watch DCG and Winterset play. Of course, my nephew's playing for DCG, so I kind of wanted to see how that was going. Uh, it was a really good football game. I think Winterset snapped the ball over their head three times at probably the most costliest moments that they could have um, and then got stopped, had two touchdowns called back. I think they ended up getting a field goal on that drive and then they got stopped, I don't know, somewhere inside the 20 at the very end. Um, Both teams played really well and Dallas Center is, you know, they're they're beat up more than the people we know. So I think they're going to get a bunch of people
1: they they're short they don't have their quarterback and they won't get him back they didn't have their their running back who is as good a running back as as anybody um and then they didn't have their best receiver
0: yeah and the running back the only way he comes back is in four weeks but that's you know he's they put plates in his collarbone oh did they really that's what i heard okay
1: didn't know didn't they're, know what they were to short
0: do. they were short their backup running back as well oof they were like, they're they're down several people. So it was a good game to watch. Um, our Trust Country hosted
1: tonight the uh, the conference meet. And boys are conference champs. So congratulations to Coach Larson and, and that group. You know, they, they have been running extremely well um, all year and, and continue to get better. And I just, I, I'm excited for him. Um, girls took third place. Who'd you say behind uh, DCG and Indianola, I think? Yes. So a, a great showing by them and, 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 uh, and, um, Everything looks good as they get ready to move into uh, into districts. You know, running really well at the end of the year. I think that's exciting. Um, volleyball, you know, this week they are uh, they've got Indianola tomorrow, and you know, as Lee talked about last week, they're, they're they're playing for third place. Get third place, and and your seed and your draw is just a little bit better in the conference tournament, which I do believe is Thursday. And then uh, you get fourth place and it's a little bit tougher because you got not only the one, but you have to play the five, which is Oskaloosa. And then our volleyball girls play Carlisle first round October 20th. Yeah. So I think that's a, that's a good night. And a little bit interesting for old Coach Carpuck. That's the old alma mater. So I think it's always interesting when you go back home, you know, when, you, when you're yeah. coaching. and was just coaching
0: there last year. Yeah. Well, you obviously should probably built relationships there with the players and you get to see those players and, you know, as much as they uh, might care about each other, you want to beat them, they want to beat you. And it is, it is Carlisle. So obviously we want to win that. No doubt about that. So
1: now we'll move into a little bit more on the playoffs. So again, you know, the unique thing this year is, is the fact that everybody's in the playoffs for high school football. And that's the first time ever. Um, I, I am not gonna promise you, but I, I have a very strong inclination based on all the other things that I've been a part of that uh, this will not happen again. Um for several reasons. Number one being losing those regular season games are 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 vital to uh to people and their and their budgets, you know, and, and I don't think that there's any any question about that. You know, when you look at us, we got two home games this year, um, lost the chance at a third on Friday night and so that that makes a difference when it comes to athletic budgets and and we can't survive on two home football games um, throughout the year, so we we've got to make sure that that that's just not going to happen. The second um, is just the fact that um, the old association does not like it that everybody gets in for football. They they like when football is unique, you know, when it comes to who gets in and, and so moving forward and i'm not going to go too far down this rabbit hole moving forward one of two things is going to happen we're either going to be 9 and 16 or we'll have a chance at 8 and 32. so nine regular season games with 16 qualifiers like we have been the last couple of years or we may get get lucky and get eight regular season games and then have 32 playoff qualifiers or, or increase the number of qualifiers and, and we're not going to get we're not going to get 9 and 32 ever again it won't happen so we need to make sure that we're we're ready for that as we move forward but Enough about that. So, obviously, in this first round, we have to figure out a way to get down to 32 teams left for the next round because, in the third round, they want to be back to normal where you have 16 teams left. So, in 3A, I'm speaking just 3A, we have 53 teams. In order for us to get to 32 teams for that second round, we had to have 11 buys. So, the teams in 3A that have buys, Sergeant Bluff-Luton, Spencer, Boyden Hall-Rock Valley, Webster City, Decorah, Xavier of Cedar Rapids, Assumption of Davenport, Washington, Dallas Center Grimes, Pella, and Harlan. Those are our 11 buys. We have 16 pods. Why do we have 16 pods?
0: Well, it's the only way to make the math work. Unless and, you win eight pods.
1: Right, like right. You. Well, we have 16 because one winner is going to come out of all those after the second round. And then they're going to reevaluate. Right. So right. Some, some big games, you know, and, it, and it's tough to really say big games. But I think some of the games that, that are a little bit more uh, interesting, you know, as we get ready to go. Um, the, the first one for me that, that sticks out is Waverly Shell rocket at, at Western Dubuque of Epworth. You know, is Epworth. You know, we, we think they're pretty good because they, they came down here and beat Indianola by, what, two or three, 21-19 or 21-18. Um, and Waverly-Shell Rock sometimes is a little bit sneaky as far as where they're at and how good they are. You know, how good is, is Benton and how good is Mount Pleasant in that Burlington, North Scott, Benton, Mount Pleasant pod. Um, Oskaloosa and Carlisle, interesting for us, you know. Um, and then Adel and Bondurant Farrar. I think is another interesting one. And then, of course, we are at Glenwood on Friday.
0: Yeah, Carlisle playing without Goodhue? I do believe so. Is he done for the year? They um,
1: I, when I talked to Mark, it, it was just that he had broke his foot. So I don't know how long that means. You know, sometimes those feet, you know, those feet. Sometimes foot injuries are are sneaky in that you're out six weeks, and then there's times where if it's just a little bit of a minor fracture or whatever that you might be able to come back in three. So I don't don't know what the, I don't know what the timetable was.
0: So just interesting. Yeah. I I mean, that's, what's kind of interesting about this setup. Everybody's in and I, well, there's teams like us with, with our one win, uh, who had opportunities to have some more. We didn't do it. Our record is what it is. Uh, but there's other teams like that out there in some of the other pods where here's a chance for them to show that they're playing their best at the end of the year. I think that's the, I think that's the best part. You know, we, we continue
1: as football coaches to say, we're the only sport that doesn't have everybody in this situation. Well now here we are. And if somebody that is an underdog doesn't come out of this, it is going to be hard for us to continue to argue that we need to have everybody in at the end. It really is. So somewhere along the lines, we, we either are, are going to be able to continue to argue that we should expand the playoffs and we should have more, or we're going to be stuck with, that you know, we gave everybody a chance and everybody that was supposed to win won. And there, there we go. Yeah. I like well, to think that's not the case because one fours beat ones. Um, I think every year that we had 32 teams in the playoffs, if I'm not mistaken, four seeds beat one seeds.
0: Yeah, I I think when you talk about uh, eight and 32, I feel like that's the best thing to do for football. The reason why I feel that way is because, and I think we're getting into this later in playoff history, but when we get to go down and play Mount Pleasant, uh, I think, that's crucial to us taking another step as a as a program. And if we didn't have 32, we wouldn't have got in there. And if we didn't go down there and play lights out for three quarters, oh, we played pretty well the whole game. We just didn't come up with big plays against two D1 athletes, and they made big plays. Well, three D1 athletes. Sorry, there's a Henry Krieger. Koble was also on that team. I was thinking about the other running back that went Iowa State. The brothers, so anyway, I mean, th- but that right there kind of showed that, hey, fellas, keep working, we're on the right path, and I think that helped our kids. and if other teams don't ever get that opportunity because they're not to that round of sixteen level, do they do they sniff that growth? do they do they you know sit there and look at it and say, oh, we can get here because um, it's, it, it's hard at the end of the day, you know the the, the first thing to remember
1: is that Our, not that you would know, but our membership, you know, the football coaches across the state of Iowa, resounding, um, what would I say, agreement with one another that we need to expand the playoffs, 4A would be an exception to that. They're not necessarily in that boat, although they would like to see more rather than the top 16. You can handpick who the top 16 are just about every year in 4A. Um, Can you get to 24? Anyway, going down the wrong path. For us. You know the thing to remember when we when we expanded to thirty two that saved our program and that turned our program around. We now had a chance if it would have stayed sixteen. We may have had a couple of years here or there where we would have had a chance, but we don't have one hundred and thirty seven kids out for football um, in two thousand and twenty if if two thousand and eight expansion of to thirty two doesn't happen I, I I firmly believe that we're not at one hundred and thirty some kids the last however many years because Um, we just, we haven't been able to crack the playoffs with any consistency when we were at 32 thing to remember when we were at 32 fewest number of complaints from anybody when we were at 32 and then we took it away because we couldn't do the, and we'll talk about that. We couldn't do the, the, you know, week nine on Friday and then Wednesday, Monday, Thursday or Monday, Friday, Thursday, Thursday, we couldn't get that done, but well, we,
0: that's where the association gets upset because everybody's on about this isn't what's best for kids as far as health wise. You're talking about concussions and everything else. So they took their ball, went home and said, fine, you only get 16. Yeah,
1: well, that's true. Um, and then, I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a, a laundry list of things, you know, and, and being in the position that I'm in, I get to, I get to sit in on, on several of those meetings, uh, you know, between the Iowa Football Coach Association and the, and the uh, Iowa Athletic association and those are always interesting because you know you, you've got people representing all the different classifications that are having a conversation and then if you throw the athletic directors association in there east versus west when it comes to athletic directors association is significantly different the guys on the on the and i shouldn't say the athletic directors and that's rude of me the guys that i just said it again the athletic directors on the east side think much differently than the athletic directors on the west side that's that's a significant piece Um, and so there's a lot of things going on, a lot of moving parts, but again, I'll come back to our membership wants 32, wants an expansion of the playoffs and fewest number of complaints
0: when we were at 32. And, and shouldn't it, shouldn't it always come back to, do you think the players would want 32? Right. Well, they do. And if, if the association, which is just a, not the coaches association, but the high school association, which is just a made up thing that we all pay dues to that we could get rid of if we wanted to. Uh, side note. <laughs> side note. I mean, they they really have no authority in this. You just would have to have enough teams to create your own association and do your own thing. Sorry. Do I sound like I'm pointed on this? But after they did what they did to Des Moines and didn't stand up for them, I, so my my point being, it should be about kids first, not what the association wants, not really what the coaches association wants. What's best for the players? And don't tell me the players wouldn't say. Let's get 32 teams into the play.
1: Well, I think that's – so that's interesting that you, that you say that because my, my question continues to be, has anybody interviewed or, or surveyed the kids? What do they want? I, I think they want a chance. I don't think they – I don't – and this is, this is for us in Norwalk. It wasn't about us in 2008 thinking we were going to win a state championship. What it was, was us having a chance at the end of the year to be one of the top four in our district and to at least get a 10th game. And that was huge for our program. Give us a chance. I'm not saying that we think we're gonna win a state championship or, or we're gonna make it to the dome, but give us a chance. And here's, here's the thing that we need to make sure we remember. In 2016, when we went back to 16 teams, I kept track. Just for 3A, and I can't speak to any other classification, but for class 3A in 2016 and 2017, those two years, teams that started 0-2 in district play, which put you in week four, if you were even if you won your first two district non-district games, you won your non-district games, but you lost in 2016 and 2017 your first two district games. You started 0-2. 0 and 16. 0-16, those two years, not one team was able to rebound from an 0-2 start. For us, you go back to 2014, we started district play 0-2. We lost to Pella, we lost to Carlisle. We remember Brady got hurt in that in the Carlisle game. We were up seven to nothing, threw an interception, got a concussion, missed the Pella game. So we are 0-2. We ended up finishing third. At that point in time, went to Bondurant, beat Bondurant in a thriller of a game, and then went down and got whooped by by Creston. But still, we got eleven games in. In a regular year, sixteen teams. We're not we're not even sniffing the playoffs. We're done after those first two games. So, right. all I'm asking for is a chance. Yeah. That's it. And I You're think saying there's a chance. The What's that?
0: Are you saying there's a chance?
1: I think I think we could get to eight and thirty-two. We'll never get to nine and thirty-two again. Never. I can promise you that it's just not going to happen. So with all that being said, it's important for us to make sure we remember how, how vital the end of the year is for our kids. You know, for us, we've got a chance, right? They, they, they're letting us play. If this was a regular year, where would we have been towards the end
0: of the year? You know, with, with our record, I don't know where we'd be, well, I, I, still, I think our kids are struggling a little bit now. I think your talk today was good about being in the wheelbarrow because they don't know how to feel about it, you know. I had a, I had a, a player say to me, are we going to get T-shirts made? But they said it sarcastically, you know. And I'm like, well, maybe we'll get T-shirts made after we win a couple rounds. Right. Because you know, then you're in the 16.
1: I think that's the thing for, for everybody to remember is, is we're saying everybody's in the playoffs. But at the end of the day you're not getting recognized for anything until you make it to sixteen right so the the first two rounds in the in the state's eyes don't matter, but in our eyes they do matter because it gives us a chance. so I think that's something for us to, to make sure we we continue to uh, continue to remember so first thing you know obviously the first round is is this Friday the sixteenth and then the second round is is the twenty third um, start time is 7 p.m the one thing that i don't know is i have not heard from glenwood and i don't know what i know tickets are six dollars a piece but i don't know what that entails i don't know what the guidelines are and i obviously it's going to be you know dependent upon where you're at and what your guidelines are but i think that's the that's probably the most interesting thing um i gotta be honest with you for me i want to talk just briefly and i apologize for this but 4a 4a intrigues me Um, a great deal from the standpoint that, so for instance, um, like Pod One, and I mean there's a bunch of them. So Pod One, Pod Two, Pod Three, Pod Four. They all all of them have first round buys. So the two teams that are in that pod play in the second round automatically, because they have so few teams to get to 32 that you've got all these doubled up teams that are um, not nobody's playing in the first round in that pod. And they already have the second round set because they both got buys.
0: Yeah. I just think that's funny. It, well, <laughs> it is kind of funny. Because how many, how many got the double buy? Um, 28 first
1: round buys. I don't know how many double buys there are. It doesn't say. It just says that there are 36 teams, 28 first round buys.
0: (laughs) Well, they just put some teams into the second round already, like West Des Moines Valley versus Council Bluffs. That's a second round game. Muscatine versus Bondurant or Betendorf, excuse me. That's a second round game. So you have a double buy. That's the double buy.
1: Yeah, I just think that's funny. So (laughs) if you get a chance, um, and so that's kind of it right now, you know, and and next week we'll talk about, you know, who won in the first round. Obviously, we won't spend much time on 4A at all. Well who's
0: your who's your 4-A champ right now? Pick one. Betindor,
1: or not Bendor, Southeast Polk. That's who I'm picking. Um, but at the same time, it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to bet against Tom Wilson and the, the Maroons. They, they find a way to
0: win. But no, it's not. I'm betting against them. Southeast Brad, Polk.
1: Brad Zelenovich's group looks really, really good. Um, and we'll see. See what happens. And again, you know, it, it, just like in every sport, matchups make a difference. No yeah. doubt about it. And I couldn't tell you one thing about him I haven't seen him play so I don't know but I will tell you this um I'm excited for for the chance and an opportunity that that's really all that matters for me so we're going to put that to rest when you get a chance what I suggest is you go out and you listen to Keith Keith Murphy talk just a little bit about um and his sound off where he talks about high school playoffs and and I think the most interesting thing is is he talks about how many teams are in 4A how many teams are in 4A. How many teams are getting ready to play in the playoffs? How many teams in 4 in 3A? And I can speak to that. There's 40, or 54 schools in 3A. 53 of them are getting ready for the playoffs. And in 3A and 4A, the only team's not playing are Des Moines. Everybody else is playing. Class 3A, Class 4A. In Class A, 1A and 2A, there were 167 teams in those classes there are 167 teams playing in the playoffs so that means every single school that was in class A class 1A and class 2A are playing in the playoffs there are there's nobody missing and i think that's significant this year and then the the final piece is 8 man um and i can't remember what the numbers are for for sure in 8 man but they have several schools that are not playing um, and not all of them are, are related to, in fact, I don't know that any of them are related to COVID. I don't know that we have any cancellations related to COVID directly. Um, I think there are several schools uh, in that eight-man realm that are um, having a tough time with numbers and then some other varying issues. So um, overall, an extremely successful regular season for um, Iowa high school football, and not just that, but getting ready for the postseason. I think we are, we are sitting really, really good uh, as far as teams playing. So I think that's huge, and, and Keith Murphy talks about that from his sound off. You can find it on Twitter.
0: Well, I mean, that, that's just a great thing that teams are making it through, and, you know, we had a few that were quarantined, but all these teams being able to participate at the end of the year, that's great, and that's great for student-athletes and for our sport and i think you know obviously the the biggest piece to that is now
1: the the mask you know if two people are wearing a mask only the person that has has contracted covid has to sit otherwise you know back in the day it was not that it, it, it was anybody
0: around them had to sit and um, that made a significant difference for us yeah when we came back full time i thought there's no way we're going to make it through the rest of the season but the the governor changing the mask mandate certainly changed that and like you said, made it made it so it was going to work. Changed everything. Um, so our
1: non-sponsor. Before we get into the Papa Burger, and you're probably thinking, geez, that wasn't the Papa Burger." Heck, no, it isn't. We're gonna we're gonna talk some different things when it comes to um, the uh, playoffs. Our non-sponsor, because this is a playoff um, episode. Jethro's. i don't get it well where did we eat our playoff breakfast when bread and breakfast closed we had to go to jethro's for our playoff breakfast and we're going to talk oh, about that
0: Oh, i was yeah no i was thinking good grief no i was thinking uh whatchamacallit's but that was before we went up to state football
1: oh yeah that's true that was state football
0: what yeah, was the, that the Wayland. the yeah the, no, the Wayland. yeah
1: Waveland. yeah which also fantastic. I'd highly recommend that. I mean, if That's we're talking right. breakfast places, you know, for me, Jethro's is, is good, but it's nowhere near as good as, I shouldn't say nowhere near as, it's just not as good as the Waveland. And I also find mullets to be quite delicious too. for breakfast.
0: Yeah. Now that would be my son, Tom, Tommy. He, he'd say mullets. He likes mullets.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mullets is good. They do a good job. So, Jeff Rose, and and we'll talk about this as far as some of our playoff traditions. But one of them, you know, back in the day, we always we 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 did our best to try and make sure that we kept the playoffs special, you know, and 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 we appreciated. it, And so we would go to breakfast, um, you know, when we when we first started uh, down our playoff path. And and we'll talk more about some of that stuff as we go. So, Jeff Rose, and and you know, I'm I'm. My favorite one to go to is Bacon Bacon, just because of its its um, proximity to Norwalk, but then also a little side note: they they I think they do the best job of preparing the uh, pickle chips, which I find to be quite delicious. So I'm not saying I I mean obviously they're the same everywhere you go. It's just whoever the whoever the person is that's cooking them at Bacon Bacon seems to get them out of the fryer at just the right moment.
0: Well. They all serve Des Moines IPA, so that is pretty good.
1: <laughs> I would agree with that too. Now, obviously, if 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 and when we ever get into the clinic talk, um, you know, the one out there in Altoona, which one is that? Is that the steakhouse?
0: What is that? It's not pepperoni pepperoni anymore. That one's okay. gone. Turned in Montana likes. They got real. Yeah.
1: I think it's I think it's steakhouse out there. We've never had a steak there. Nope. <laughs> That one is that one's near and dear to the heart, too, although for me, and we will not have we're going to go down a bad rabbit hole here is I haven't been eating lunch with you guys out there for the cunning. no uh, no,
0: yeah, Other that's course. not a rabbit hole, that's just you being mr. Big shot <laughs>
1: that's that's why i I should have stopped when i was
0: when I had my chance right there anyway I got I gotta go talk with all the big wigs and hobnob with all the big wigs well, I mean, okay, so I, I love you to death,
1: but. I had a chance to eat lunch this last time with Mark Farley, um, Matt Campbell, and Kirk Ferentz. Where are you going? Are you picking them over me? And don't, yeah, don't even, you're, oh, well, of course I would pick you
0: over them. There's no way. Well, I'm, I was perfectly okay with that choice. But <laughs> it, it's when you're sitting with all these other high school coaches and you just throw us to the wind like we're nothing. <laughs> You know they don't have your back in the end. They just—they just want to whoop you in the end. That could be—that could be an episode in and of itself too, right there. All of those, all of the, all the ways
1: in which Paul has slighted us at the clinic.
0: Well, last year, he even worked for you, and you didn't hang out.
1: You did do a good job. T- oh, that is not true. That is not true. Not no, enough not, not enough. Not Blas- enough. Okay, fair enough. But blasphemy. I do believe we had a very special night on Thursday.
0: It was special,
1: which you probably yeah. So you didn't even include that. You just went from Friday, and then Friday was not good. But then we always say our Saturday afternoons are good together. At the end yeah. of the
0: yeah, as long as wind's there.
1: <laughs> it's also true. Oh, she's a good lady. She's a very good lady. Um, so we're on to the Papa Burger. So we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk. Obviously, we've we, we're talking high school playoffs here right now and i think what we need to do is we need to we need to give some history i think that's important um and then we'll talk about some of the other things that are going on with that and then we'll, we'll get into some specifics when it comes to norwalk so the first thing you know i i think over the years the the most important thing to remember is you know back in the day there were no playoffs you just were voted on by some group that said you were the best and you were a state champion there, there weren't any playoffs and then it started when in the 1970s i think um, they started to to have some playoffs, but it was a strange format because was it the 72 team that Norwalk had went undefeated and they gave up like 32 points and 600 yards all year. Unbelievable run as far as a, a high school football team. And I think Van Atherton was – I think that was his senior year quarterback. Yeah. Um, and they didn't make the playoffs. No. I mean, that, I don't know if you could be
0: better. We kept – we stopped keeping defensive. Uh, team statistics because I was like, there's just no way that's ever going to be beaten. So, not even close.
1: They were phenomenal and and no playoffs for them. So then, you know, you get into the top 16, you know, and, and I'll talk about it. And I think in 1983, they took the top eight. So, they, the year that Norwalk made it in 1988, well, when they made it in 1983, they were already in the quarterfinal because they took the top eight. But we'll talk about that um, when we go in. And then, of course, in 2008, they expanded that to 32 teams. Then in six 2016 they went back to, to 16 teams um, and then of course you know you, you had the RPI you had initially it was they had eight districts so you got the top two in each district and go and then and then they switched the number of teams in each class or in class 3A and I'm speak, speaking typically to that and then they changed it to um, you had so many district winners and then district runners-up and then they were at larges and whatever and now they have the uh, the RPI that is handling all that. So you have your district winners plus where people finish on the RPI and it's the top 16 in the RPI outside of the the district winners. You know, when you go back to 2018, we finished at 15th in the RPI, I think. Carroll finished 17th or something like that. They won a district, so got in, bumped number 16 out. Um, And and, you know, there's been some cases of that that's been a little bit on the interesting side when it comes to that, but ultimately, you know, we've been no playoff, 16, then expanded to 32, then shrunk it back down to 16, and now this year, because of the way that things have been set up, everybody's in. So I just thought maybe it would be good for us to give just a little bit of background on that. Anything on that?
0: No, I. I'm other than I don't understand uh... – why it can't stay at 32. I mean, I, I get the game thing. I understand when you say it won't be nine and 32 again, I, I understand that because of they just have a very, well, it's a line in the sand they're not gonna cross and everything's gotta be done by a certain time.
1: Well, okay, so two things to remember about nine and 32. Number, well, I guess there'd be three things. One, that that schedule was grueling and we're gonna talk about that here in just a second where you, you play week nine on Friday Round one is Wednesday, round two is Monday, round three is Friday, semifinals Thursday, and this is for three a Thursday and then finals the next Thursday. That that five games in 15 days or whatever it is 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 holy cow. It was grueling. Um so that's the first, the 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 no rest um in between. And little side note to that, I always find it interesting when they argue we can't start shaving time off but yet when they go from when they go from friday to thursday they're shaving that day off but but it's okay for them to do it then but it's not okay for us to do it two other times in order to you know if we finished week nine on a thursday and then we went thursday to wednesday and then wednesday to tuesday and tuesday to monday you know what i mean And kept shaving that day off um we'd be able to get 9 to 32 but they don't want to that that's too much um not enough rest time in between. The second piece, which is vital, is that there is absolutely no way they will up and meaning move the start date of football up.
0: It's not going to happen. So oh, that's oof. what I was going to say. You can move the start date up. They give us a scrimmage, they could give us a game. But I know and, those are two, those are bookend line in the sand that they won't cross. And...
1: Okay. So the, the third piece then is the don't, unidome. Right. When, when can we have it? And, and if you go through and you take that method where you go Thursday of, of week nine is when you end and then you start shaving a day, your finals would be Monday and Tuesday, if I remember correctly, would be Monday and Tuesday of Thanksgiving. So could be done. It's just not going to be, um, which I think is, is crazy. You know, and for us, the, the setup, you know when you have 16 teams in, you can go every Friday. And that, and that allows, but again, you know, as you get to the semifinals and, and when, when the, uh, the dome is needed, sometimes those, those things change just a little bit, but when it's. Well, that's, why that's
0: why that's fine for eight and 32, because you still get four home games every year. You don't get the fifth, I understand, but 32, you can still get your week rest and your normal preparation. And you don't have to do like we did in the old days where we had to try to find ways to get days off of school and break down 18 million films because we didn't have huddle assists and all these other things. Remember this, that, um, <laughs>
1: we ended up with unbelievable disadvantages as far as the number of days that you had off. But at the same time, going that eight and 32, you know, we keep hearing about, well, you going to get that fifth game three years ago. Are you hanging with me? 3 years ago we had 4 games. We got a new district, right? And ended up with 4 games again. This was supposed to be the year in which we got 5 games, but because it's only a 1 year deal, we only got 2 games this year. So we get a new district next year. There's a chance that we only get 4 games and not a 5th. And the state doesn't care. They're not going through to make sure well, you guys only had 2 games, so you get you get your your 5th. So there's a chance Nobody that we could be
0: 4 4 They sure did sure <laughs> care about the number, number of tickets. You know what I mean? sold and turned in. I mean, oh, they hey, care yes. about their tickets, though. Sure. But we
1: could be, we could be a, a prime example of that 4 4, well, four, four, two, four you know, in, in terms of how that happens. Um, so I thought one of the neat things that we could do is we could talk a little bit about our playoff traditions, some of the things that we do. You know, and the first one obviously is breakfast, you know, and, and to be honest with you, when we had bread and breakfast in town and we got to go to breakfast all the time, that was that was something we did every Friday. And then when we made the playoffs, we always made it a point to go for breakfast. And we usually went someplace a little bit outside of the norm, which is when Jethro started to happen. But but we always made a point um, for playoffs to go, to go for breakfast on that Saturday morning. And it was different. It was a little bit more special when it was the friday wednesday monday friday setup, because it it just you didn't sleep much during that time (laughs) um you know that first weekend and i and i'm speaking specifically to 2008 but every other year that we made it you know 2010 11 12 13 14 and 15 all of those years that weekend that first weekend we are all at school way too much because you have to practice on saturday something you have to have things ready we didn't practice till the afternoon and then you had to have something ready for sunday and we always got something brought in for us on sunday up at the school while we're all breaking down film putting in play cards doing whatever we're doing um and we're getting to eat there but we spend an awful lot of time at school that first weekend when it was 32 teams in the playoffs um i distinctly remember those weeks not much sleep happening because you had such a short time to get things done that there just there wasn't a whole lot of time for sleep
0: so so you're saying the tradition is eating and not sleeping
1: <laughs> yes yeah basically which isn't a whole heck of a lot different um it just it didn't feel as bad back then you know i yeah. don't know if that's accurate but
0: well you know. younger but there, there was a adrenaline sure. going i mean you're 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 in the playoffs, so you're breaking down to try and win a ball game. So there's, right. there's that adrenaline that's flowing through you. <laughs> but the, the younger piece is, is very crucial
1: um, when it comes to that. You know, and, the, and for us, 32 teams, you know, when we did that, you know, if we won that first-round game on that Wednesday, we didn't go to – some of us did not go to school on Thursday, which, which whoo-wee, you want to upset some people in the world of education? Let some coaches have that day off, which to us – was a Saturday, which typically would mean that we were we were breaking film down, and that's that that would be our typical Saturday. And we were fortunate enough to be in a situation where we got to do that. Other teams that other schools around here that that won their first round game, they did not get that Thursday off; they had to be in school, um, and then they had to figure out how to do things other than that. We were very fortunate. And then if we won Monday, the second round game, we took Tuesday off. And again, it wasn't everybody; it was just the ones that were most critical and crucial for. Um, Film breakdown, but we still, we had had that time off, and then of course, if we only had it happen once, where we won that quarterfinal round and got to go to the dome, it was Saturday, and so it didn't matter. Um, Got to do it, but then we turned around and we got to take Friday off after we won the semifinal game against Sergeant Bluff. Um, We got to have that Friday off to get things ready, so things that nature. Um, One of the things, and I I debated on whether or not sharing this, but I'm going to share it anyway. Um, In 2015. One of the traditions we have was, and I did not partake in this very much, um, but lights would get shut off in the uh, coach's locker room, and tennis balls would get zung around at uh, at people. And we still do it um, on occasion, but the lights are usually on this time around. We're not quite as tough as we used to be back in 2015. But I'll tell you what, those suckers are coming in hot. And you have to be careful that Schmitz does not grab one of those heavier. Um, lacrosse balls and get that going because that will, that will do some damage.
0: I don't know if we should have publicly stated that because uh, Coach Weedman always have wondered what happened to all those tennis balls. Oh, and that's true. Now he knows. So yeah. now, there might be a bill coming to the football, eh, football department. And you know, now it's, it's a strange like, game. I don't know why. You know, Atlas ball, tennis balls in the dark.
1: We won't share all the things that we do. Uh, rock paper scissors <laughs> that one was that one was good. the one that we still have not tried that we still claim this is something that we need to try is that taser ball where you have a taser in one hand and and the uh, and the ball in the other hand and you know you got to make a choice what are you going to do are you going to hang out, or are you going to get rid of the taser or are you going to tase somebody um i think that's still something and and to be honest with you my all time favorite would be as if steve andrews participated in the taser one i can imagine that he would be a lot of fun to tase
0: i have a heart ailment so i'm out on that <laughs> any of knee issues and back issues whatever anyway I don't, I don't i don't know if anybody would play the game there i think it would be who can i tase <laughs> you just who, start I want who bothers out. me uh, that would be funny. I, I envision Schmitz and I trying to tase each other for long periods of time.
1: I disagree wholeheartedly. It, it will be. It will be um, Darwin coming through. We are going to pick on the weakest link. That sucker is going to get tased <laughs> repeatedly because he can't fend off anybody and he can't help himself. So he's just going to get lit up, and we might ah! kill him. Yeah, <laughs> it could get ugly. So. Yeah um early on you know, what's that rabbit hole yeah one of the things that i i just wanted to bring up was you know in 2008 the, the the excitement that we had um was unmatched you know it was the first time we were in the playoffs as as a as a staff and the group of kids that we had were fantastic and i just thought i would share this one little story you know typically we figure out when that wednesday would be you know so if we were playing on wednesday which would be our friday then sunday would be in in Matt and I's world, you know, as game planning and the things that we do on on that Wednesday would have been Sunday. Well, it didn't work. We are riding our bus to Mount Pleasant and I am filling out our call sheet on the bus because it tired, you know, all these other things going on first time and everything. And I am finishing the call sheet on the way to Mount Pleasant um, because I didn't, I didn't have it done. I'm much more uh, with it at this point in time in the world of, uh, of playoffs and, and all that stuff. So I thought that was exciting. And then for me, you know, one of the one of my all-time favorite conversations that I've ever had with a kid was, was Jake Peterson and I walking off the field at Mount Pleasant. You know, we we had just finished. We were five and four. We were the fourth-place team. Had to go take on Mount Pleasant, a one uh, a one seed, and and lost 31-14. Um, thought we played well. We didn't play great. Should have ran some more dive option. Did not, but should have. And then uh, just that conversation between he and I, and it was pretty special. And uh, we were, we were on the right path from that point forward. And again, you know, you got to remember 2008 is also the the miracle at South Tama. So that, uh, that's another thing, but anyway, final thoughts, any final thoughts on the playoffs?
0: Uh,
1: it's nice and to be in them. Yep. I, I, and you know, I think that's that's one of the things that that is that is special um, about football. And I think that's special. And I and I am I am very fortunate and grateful that that we're in the position that we're in. You know, that not just this year, but in years past, where we where we have been fortunate enough to be in the playoffs. And, and we're going to talk about that right now in the history portion of of the uh, of the podcast. And we're going to talk more on football playoff history. Um, so that kind of a great segue into that. 1983 was the first ever playoff appearance by a Norwalk football team led by Dave Minert. Um, and of course, as I mentioned earlier, that was, that was the top eight. So they were automatically in the quarterfinals and just a unique situation. And I'm not sure how that was or what came to be, but, but that's where it was. Uh, 1989, um, 18 team or 18, 16 teams made the playoffs and, and Norwalk was fortunate enough to, to make it. And then of course in 1992, they went back to back um, 16 teams, and then in 1992 was the first ever district championship um, by a uh, by a Norwalk team. They were top 16, and then they made it to the quarterfinals and they lost at home to Harlan. They beat Creston round one, and then they lost to to Harlan in the quarterfinals. And I think for me, the the, the significant thing is to make sure we remember and and understand that, you know, I think districts started that year. Um, and so the first district championship does not include how many conference championships that uh, Dave's teams won. And so, you know, that, that, that's a side note um, to that. And then, of course, from 1992 to 2008, there was nothing, nothing for normal. And the closest we came was 2000, Schmitz's senior year, you know, Chad Martin's junior year, in which we were uh, seven and two and we, we finished third behind uh, Ein Pellet. Grinnell won it. And then came down to week nine, us versus and We lost uh, 17-21 to, uh, to a Pella team. Anyway, 2008. Holding, man. holding
0: call in the first oh, minute of that game. Yeah. Fastest
1: holding call ever. On a slant that went for a Teddy. That was tough. 2008, then they expanded to 32 and we finished in fourth. You know, we, We've never been so excited to lose a game in all our life. We lost to Pella week nine. Found out that uh, Carlisle beat who? Somebody that year, which put us in the four spot. And so we were ecstatic that we made the four. And then we ended up going to uh, Mount Pleasant. We and, and I'll be honest with you, at that point in time, I didn't care who we played. I was just ecstatic that we made the playoffs. And that was huge for us in our program. And then 2010, um, we didn't make anything in 2009. We were three and six. But 2010, we were co-champs, made it to the second round, um, beat Oskaloosa at Oskaloosa on an absolutely blustery, cold night down there do you remember how bad that the sideline was that guy that painted it was it was so wobbly and unstraight it was unbelievable
0: yeah, uh he had he had had a few nips of the bottle
1: oh jeez yeah and then so we made the second round uh, but we were co district champs and then we made it in uh, 11 12 13 and 14 as just straight up participants you know we we either finished second or third uh, never a fourth place finish again and then in 2015 we finished second to Pella. And then that's the year that we went on that run um, where we beat Bonarant first round. We beat Gilbert second round Dow center in the quarterfinals, Sergeant Bluff in the semifinals. And we lost to Pella again um, in the state championship game. And then in, of course, that was 2015, last year of 32 and last year of that crazy schedule. And then in 2016, we made it and we were back to 16, finished second again to Pella. Um, and then in 2017, we did not make the playoffs. But then in 18 and 19, we were back-to-back district camps. And in 19, so last year, we made it to the quarterfinals. So that's kind of the history of uh, – that's not kind of. That is the history of playoffs in, in Norwalk football. Um, so thought that was a good timing for us to do that. And, again, that's not the history of Norwalk football. That's just the history of playoffs for Norwalk football. Do um, you have anything to add to, to that? No, That's the rundown. Yeah, okay. Um, our positive of this week is your suggestion, which I agree wholeheartedly because I like it that she keeps sneaking stuff up on the walls, um, is Angela Davidson and the job that she has done um, as far as is putting artwork, student artwork up on the walls. And and the only thing, I'm going to let you talk more about this, but the one for me that I think stands out is that hexagon project, where she, she has that hexagon, you're supposed to uh, color it, put it back in the envelope, and then she figures out where she's going to. It, and, and just how that has continued to expand because people are are participating and I think that's a fantastic job by Angela um, getting that done and she's doing a great job of not asking for permission
0: Well I think that's what you and I talked about we're always looking for positives and sometimes I think we're always looking for the really uh, the positives that no one's noticing or the little things that are happening and I told you you know if you look Angela has slowly spread her art reaches throughout the high school for the for the good yes especially as she started to move into the warrior zone because the warrior zone we love having it now that it has floor it even looks better but it's all white it's just stark white and now she's starting to add pieces in there and I always like to look at the student art pieces anyway I think every teacher does and she just continues to take over a hallway or adds things here or there and best thing about it is we don't have kids messing with stuff you know like homecoming decorations those get messed with in a second but the kids the students art projects they're left alone and they're they're just spread out through the halls and it's really cool to see all the work and it adds color to our newer parts of the building which are you know pretty basic because we spend all our money on just building the darn thing and to our old parts of the building, which somehow were built with green block and blue block and stuff like that. And
1: I mean, it, not only is that hexagon project bringing people together, you know, it's allowing you to, to express yourself a little bit, but, but also bringing people together. And then at the same time, it's highlighting and showcasing some of our, our students' work. I, I think, you know, we have an
0: awful lot of students. Any students' work. Who, yes. Well, our well, I'm I, not just an art student. You know, it's not yes. particular to them. It's a yes, right. a Norwalk High School student.
1: I, I think the the thing for us is, you know, sometimes if you're good in an extracurricular, you get highlighted because of of you know b- being able to show a performance or because of some sort of recognition, and then and then there's that that group that, um, you know, maybe from an academic standpoint, can can get highlighted. And this is just another avenue of talented young people that are running around Norwalk High School that, that Angela then gets to showcase and, and show off their talents a little bit. And I think it's fantastic. She's doing a great job with that. I agree. Um, I just, I really like the not asking for, and maybe she is asking for permission, but I'm going to continue to believe that she's just putting stuff up because she knows that's what's right.
0: Well, I, I'm pretty sure Chris said, yeah, it's fine, but <laughs> she's putting stuff all over so I, don't, I love it she's she's taken that yeah it's fine to mean anywhere that looks good and thank you for doing it so our highlighted positive
1: of of the uh, episode 23 podcast is Angela Davidson in the uh, in the student artwork and the decorating that she's doing throughout the building so um do you got anything final for tonight nope I don't good know to, what-
0: good to talk to you again
1: I don't know what next, oh my gosh, like we haven't, well, not like, not like our two wives think we spend time talking to one. Yeah, wife. I mean, they think we're just driving around together, lollygagging. <laughs> I love it. Candles, candlesticks, that, they make a, good, make a good gift. So the, the thing, I don't know what next week's episode's going to be. I haven't decided, I don't know what it's going to be. However, I do know one of the things that we're going to cover is we're going to cover some of these first round games that happen on Friday. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about that, and then we can talk some second round matchups. But but outside of that, I don't know where I don't know where we're going to go as far as a uh, as far as a theme and, and any of that. So let's we'll do some thinking. But between now and then, if you've got anything for us, you know, if you're if you're in the dental world and you can help us with whether or not switching toothpaste on a uh, you know every day is is healthy, not healthy, is it good, is it bad? What's the deal? Um, I am not going to believe you if you tell me that. Sensitive toothpaste is not good for me, or there is no difference between regular toothpaste and sensitive toothpaste. I'm not gonna believe it. And you'd probably be better off with baking soda. If you oh, I don't know if I can handle that. If you get a chance, Mark Parrington, Let's add him to some things. Um, I think Christy has tried adding him to uh, I don't remember if it was Facebook or Instagram, but but we're trying to expand a little bit. And I need to, and I know this is just a reminder to myself that I need to do a better job of getting his handles um put out there on social media so that we can expand that that uh
0: group that he's got i not well, i'm trying um, to i'm not trying to connect mark or chris dewey to anything related to this maybe we just need to bring those two on next week well we could i don't you know i think mark would have a lot to say he's a talker dewey would probably just laugh a lot and have some one-liners okay hey there's a place for him too we need that
1: we need that but at the end of the day got some playoff talk in um where are you gonna go with that jim mora playoffs there we go uh, yeah if you get a chance make sure you go back and re-watch that he doesn't say it as much as what people think he says it but he sure does say it in that manner um where he is absolutely shocked that somebody would mention playoffs to him at a moment where they just had gotten beat uh, just funny so again not sure I can thank you you all uh, enough for listening. This is episode 23, um, Jim Moran, and, and uh, it's good to have you back, Alan. I am happy to have you back. I, I You know, for me, the, between the two of you, uh, between you and me, I, it is it's an absolutely fantastic place for me to be. Um, best of both worlds for me. So I'm happy about that. And uh, until next time, I am Paul Patterson signing off. This is Talking the Walk, episode 23, Jim Moran.
0: I'm Tom Scowling. Have a great night.
1: Closing time. Thank you for listening to the Talking the Walk podcast show. Yeah.